Vernomatic Productions. Good evening, everybody. As always, new content drops on Thursday nights. On tonight's episode, we're bringing you another installment of our side series called Rock and Roll Detention. Tonight, we're joined by fellow podcaster and author of the book, A Hair Metal Journey. His name's Metal Mike, and he's from the 80s glam metal cast. Well, he's here tonight to help us with this entertaining conversation about our personal favorite songs from Mike's personal favorite subject, 80s hair metal. Metal Walt, Ian O'Rourke, Metal Mike, and myself disclose our favorites for what we are calling our guilty pleasures of the hair metal era. Deep cuts, hidden gems, lost treasures. Remember, get up to the website, join our community by signing up for the newsletter. And as always, we'd appreciate if you leave a review on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to the pod. All right, let's get into this rock and roll detention. Enjoy, gang. Ah, uh, look, you're back in detention. <clears throat> Got it. But this time, you won't be throwing pencils up into the ceiling tiles the entire time. Don't mess with the bull, young man. You'll get the horn. Your proctors expect you to be on your worst behavior as they give you remedial instruction in the history of hard rock and metal. You're going to school? Hey, settle down. Here's Vernomatic, Metal Walt, and Ian O'Rourke with your rock and roll detention. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. Good evening, everybody. Vernomatic here with you with my two knucklehead co-hosts. Ian O'Rourke and Metal Walt, and tonight we brought along a friend. He has a kick-ass YouTube hair metal podcast called 80s Metalcast. He goes by the name of Metal Mike, and he's a fellow New Yorker. What's going on, Mike? Nice to meet you. Glad we're going to talk some metal. Mike, nice to meet you. The land of Jersey. Lots of hair metal roots down by me. No doubt. <laughs> Great to hear, be here, guys. Uh, just can't wait to talk about hair metal with you. This is a topic I'm, I'm schooled on. I know a lot about hair metal. Can't wait. Mike, you look very young, so I doubt you were there during the heyday. What's your connection to hair metal and why hair metal? Uh, it's just uh, it's the first kind of music I ever really got into. Uh, I got into music around 86. I'll be 48 this year, so I got into it pretty young. Hit a lot of the shows right out of the gate. First concert, 11 years old, Motley Crue, White Snake. So like I said, I've been into this stuff uh, you know, right when it really was peaking in the, the mid to late 80s. And it's just something that's always stuck with me. You know, fast forward to the past five years, been doing a podcast, talk to all these guys, uh, you know, guys from Rat, Queensryche, Britney Fox, you name it. You know, they've all been on. And eventually that's what kind of segued into me writing a book uh, last year. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Love it. It's great stuff. Can't I can't shake it. I don't at this point I don't think I ever will. <laughs> yeah. Now, do you subscribe to the term hair metal? Are you indifferent? Or what's your pulse on that term? I have no problems with it. I mean, it's not going anywhere. I mean, when you look at shows like um, you know, the, the Hair Nation on on Sirius and stuff like that. So it, you know, at least people know what you're talking about. You say 80s rock, we might be talking about Huey Lewis, right? But if we say hair model, we know we're talking about rat, Cinderella, poison. So, I, I mean, I get why some people don't like it. That's cool. You don't have to like it, but it's not going anywhere. And I think it pretty much sums up, you know, what it is that we we all love. So, sure, sure. Now, when Ian and Walt and I we uh, went to the lab and we started, you know, brainstorming this episode with you, you know, at first we were going to go deep cuts. 
And then we thought, well, why limit it to deep cuts? So we came up with a sort of a, a theme tonight. We call it deep cuts, hidden gems, and lost treasures. The guilty pleasure, the hair metal era. What we're going to do, we're going to go around. Each person is going to present their five entries with two honorable mentions. And after they're done, we'll go around quickly and we'll get everyone's input. So well, kick this off. I'm really interested to hear your top seven, if you will. Okay. So um, the criteria I set for myself. So I wanted to go back to the summer of 86, 87, 88. I was a, you know, sophomore, junior, senior in high school, had my first car in that car was a great cassette deck. And that cassette deck, you know, had some of the most memorable music of my life. And I chose to go back and focus on that time period, reminiscing about that light blue 1976 Buick Skylark. So um, I'm staying away from MTV staples, radio hits and videos. So here we go, guys. Going to start with my two honorable mentions. Okay, quickly. Um, From the Vinnie Vincent Invasion album, All Systems Go, Let Freedom Rock. Now, this one was, again, I loved every song on this album. And in my personal opinion, this is Vinnie Vincent's like best body of work. Um, This song, I mean, it's just a fast song. It was a show opener. And it's got Mark Slaughter and Dana Strum on there, of course, and Bobby Rock. Um, I struggled with my other uh, honorable mention, and I ended up in a tie. And I'll just list them both because I think they're both worthy. And I couldn't really come up with one. The first one was from the Rage for Order album, Queensryche, The Whisper. Now, this was a weird time for the band. And actually, sometimes people refer to them as their glam period. It was dark, melodic, a bit, you know, psychedelic, moody, had some weird synthesizer sounds. And I think that album was different for them. Um, My other honorable mention is from Permanent Vacation, Aerosmith's song, Let's let's see, guys. It had rocking chair sounds, knee slapping, some harmonica, some slide guitar, some steel guitar, and Steven Tyler saying, "Akalaka, akalaka, laka, laka, laka." Sounded like it came out of the swamps of New Orleans. And the classic line: "If I could, I surely would stand on a rock that Moses would." Hey, boy, don't you lie on the track, Hangman Jury. So, guys. Those are only my honorable mentions. So now let's get into the top five in no particular order. What's the mission of the preacher man? Guys, we're talking mission from King's X off the Gretchen Goes to Nebraska album from 1989. Um, Who doesn't love this band, right? That song opens with church organ. Then Ty Tabor comes in with signature heavy rip. Doug showcases those soulful gospel type vocals It's a little bit bluesy. They got those triple harmonic melodies that go back to the Beatles that Doug goes off at the end. This song has everything, every signature sound that we love about King's X. This was a time in my life. I wore the shit out of this cassette, an eventual CD. It's still one of my favorite albums of all time. Next track. Um, I'm a mean machine. I'm the kind you don't want to meet. Off Mechanical Resonance. Coming at you live. Guys, I love this track. It was their opening song on every concert, and it was just, it was a show staple, right? Jeff opens up with the vocal, then Brian comes in with the bass beat. It's kind of slow, and then it builds, and then it jumps into that giant boisterous chorus, 
And then Tommy and Frank come in and they just jam out on that twin guitar. It's a it's a song that is dear to my heart. And still to this day, when they play it, you know, you're going to get an extended jam on it. Next track, um, bring out your shield, raise on your sword, fight to survive. White Lions Fight to Survive, the title track from the album, uh, came out in 1985. To me, this is an epic track for the for the the time because listen, it it opens with Vito Brada shredding, then it goes into that traditional metal march, then it quiets as Mike Tramp kind of delivers the vocal in the storyline, and then it gets really heavy as hell in the bridge, and then you get that big fist pumping chorus. And then mid-song, Vito goes off again, and you get this big jam out of him. I mean, it was probably one-of-a-kind song that really was different for them, and you think about all their hits go forward, it was definitely unique. So I'll stand out for mine. And I got two more. Um, Ian, time rolls on. That's as it should be. Here and gone seems to move so quickly. From the legendary album Skyscraper, David Lee Ross, good times, damn good times. Um, listen, this was, to me, this was a song. It wasn't a ballad, but it was a softer track, very heartfelt and full of emotion. And it's day telling a tale of self-reflection. But what's even better about it is you got Steve Vai, and I don't know if he's playing steel guitar, slide guitar, but it's like this soft acoustic. It just shows how adept of a player he is. He carries the whole song and it's showcased with all this kind of intricate playing. It's just a, it's a damn good song. And my last on the list is we're going to go a little cheesy here, but it's one dear to my heart. It came off the Freely's Comet album, the self-titled album of 1987. Strike the guns, stand up and shout. It's only rock and roll. It's what we're all about. Calling to you guys. Uber catchy, melodic. It's a memorable song with really cheesy fourth grade lyrics. Bad cliches, but you know what? It made me feel great and happy all the time and every time I played it. And what I love about this was Ace Freely himself had nothing to do with this song. I don't even know if he played on it. It was Todd Howarth. Todd was the secret weapon of Freely's Comet. Him and John Reagan were the staples in that band. They were the sober ones. They kept that band afloat while Ace was whacked out of his mind. And I always appreciated what he did for Freely's Comet. So, um, that's my five plus two guys. Well, you know what? You're all over the hair metal spectrum. I like what I heard. Uh, let's see. I'm going to give my first input on it. Um, your honorables rage for order Aerosmith. You guys know my view on uh, permanent vacation. Absolutely love it. Hangman jury. That's, that's a great tune. Uh, King's X never really got on board with them, but I respect the entry coming at you live. Great. Don't consider them hair metal. Uh, White Lion, you know what? White Lion's White Lion. DLR, hey, love DLR. I'll put him on any list. And Ace Freely, I like that early Ace. Uh, Mike, what's your take on Metal Waltz list? He's got a lot of cool stuff there. I thought right out of the gate, having Vinnie Vincent, Let Freedom Rock, uh, that's one of my all-time favorite Vinnie Vincent songs, so that was cool. I think your number one was also spot on because I'm a big uh, Freelease Combat fan, big Kiss fan, love Todd Haworth. I think Todd always gets shit on like when it comes to, especially the second Sunny album, and I think he's a super talent. But all, everything you had there was solid, man. But those are your, your, your bottom and your top, those were like 
those are my two picks, your favorites uh, that you did there. Well, wasn't a huge fan of Vinnie Vincent. Um, I, I know this, the the material a little bit. The uh, the Tesla was definitely something. I'll, I'll get in. I'll elaborate more on my opinions on that. DLR, uh, great song, great album. The Whisper, great song, great band, good album. But I still never would qualify them as a hair metal band, regardless of what period this was. I, I, I agree with you. I'm not discounting it. But I, I get where you're coming from. With I mean, the look was definitely over the top. You know, Freely's Comet. Don't forget Anton Fig, man. I mean, he was a he was a monster for, for Ace's band, you know, while Ace was still crazy Ace, you know. So, um, you know, overall, I mean, the, the, the list is, is pretty solid. Hey, just two two comments to to before we move on. Let's not forget what Jeff Tate looked like in the uh, "Gonna Get Close to You" video. That was the first exposure I had to him. Let's say in video, he looked like a glam metal guy. He had the dark uh, makeup. He had the big poofy hair. He had the big earrings. I mean, he wasn't glam, but he looked glam. And the song was weird. It could have been a dance track at that time, right? That King Cobra bouffant that he had yes. going on there, yeah. And yeah, yeah. about Fight to Survive, I Mike, I don't know if you know this, but I, if I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Mike Tramp has gone on record saying he's not a giant fan of that album. Is that accurate? I think you're right. Yeah, because even when you look at music that they would play live, they usually wouldn't touch that album. The only thing they ever really did from that album was they redid uh, Broken Heart, uh, the Broken Heart, yeah. Interaction album. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah. They, I do think they shy away. They always shied away from that album for some reason. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad because it's it's really a classic album. It is. Ian, you're up, man. Honorable mentions and your top five. All right. First honorable mention, I've mentioned it when we did our uh, History of Metal series from 1986. Uh, look what the cat dragged in from Poison. It's the heaviest song on the album. Um, it's got a killer riff that it, it throws down. And, you know... It, it's just a testament to what you're going to see with a lot of the bands that were coming out, especially on their, on their earlier material. There were still a lot of these bands that were still trying to be part of the heavier side of things. See? And as time went on and the fad started to grow and they started to get pushed from the record uh, companies and stuff like that, they all got a little bit more poppy, a little bit more glammy, a little bit more spectacular. Poison was always a spectacle anyways, but that song to me always stood out on that album. Uh, next one is uh, actually a B-side from the song Dream Warriors. It is from the 1987 album Back for the Attack, the title song Back for the Attack, which I think it should have been on the album. They could have taken off one of the other slower songs and put that on there and it would have been amazing. Um, the first time I was exposed to this song, we used to hang out at this arcade that was not too far from the usual haunt where everyone used to gather. And they had a big jukebox there. So for any of you people that are too young to know what a jukebox is, it was this amazing collection of singles. And they had the Dream Warrior 45. But on the other side of it, when you would look at it, you can see the flip side of what the next track is. 
there, lo and behold, I'm like, well, I've never heard this song. So every time I would go in there, I would play it over and over and over. So those are my two honorable mentions right there. Uh, in no particular order, just like Walt said, uh, from the Pride album, 1987, lead off song, Hungry. It's another song I mentioned during our history of metal. Um, it's a killer heavy riff. Um, it harkens back to some of the stuff that was on Fight to Survive. Uh, it's just really got some great, great edge to it. Um, Vito Brada's playing is amazing. Uh, it's, you know, there's something about, there's a handful of songs on this album aside from the sing, you know, the, the, the single tracks, you know, wait, uh, tell me. And, uh, when the children cry that still have a lot of attitude and balls to them. It's a great song. Uh, from back for the tack again, uh, lost behind the wall. All right. I wanted to go deep. I wanted to go good. And it's probably one of my favorite songs that Dokken has ever written. It's just got a killer heavy riff. It comes with a slow build. You hear this whir of this jet engine started off, and then the bass and the drums come in and just kicks in with the vocals, and then the song just takes off from there. Uh, next song on the list is from the debut EP from Rat, Sweet Cheater. And... You know, I always loved that first EP. And this is another testament to bands that when they were getting started, still had a lot of attitude and balls, still were trying to be heavy, even though everybody was adopting the moniker of the makeup and the hair and the spandex and all the stuff there. Rat still had a really dark side to them, a lot of their earlier material. This song was such a kick-ass song. And I got a kick out of it later on because being from central New York, I am originally from Rome. One of the local bands from the Rome Utica scene was a band called Sweet Cheetah. And they had taken their moniker as a tongue in cheek to the song Sweet Cheetah. So it kind of grew a, another, another life after that. Um, next song I have is from the 86 album of the same name, Night Songs by Cinderella. It's the heaviest song on the album. It's the only album, I have to be honest and say, that I really care for by Cinderella. Um, there's a couple of good songs on the other stuff. I didn't like the direction that Kiefer wanted to go. Um, but Night Songs has got that slow, ACDC, Sabbathy kind of groove to it. And it just hits you right in the face right from the beginning last song on the list is the leadoff track from the album from 1987 self-titled la guns no mercy i've always been a big fan of la guns because they are the heavier sleazy side of the sleaze glam rock scene that was going on uh came out on the tales of their you know relationship with the band guns and roses and I thought that this album just kicked ass. I mean, believe it or not, the first two albums are our favorites of mine. Uh, but No Mercy is just a buster right off the bat. Get some blood pumping, get you ready to jump right into sex action right afterwards. It's just a great song. That's me. That's mine. Well, you're all over the place. Interesting list. Mike, 
What's your take on our friends list here? Um, I'm, as he was going, I was like, I think this is my long lost best friend because I'm like, I'm digging all this shit. <laughs> uh, first of all, Poison, uh, look at the cat dragon. You're right. I mean, it's such a killer song. It's sad that, you know, I, I've talked about this song in different podcasts that I've done. It's sad that Poison did do more heavier songs like that because they actually come across really well. I also love Back for the Attack. I bought the 12 inch uh, single of Dream Warriors. I think Dream Warriors will always be my favorite docket song. I mean, you're right. You flip that over and you got back for the attack. Like you said, wasn't on the album. Crazy thing was I interviewed Don Dockin, uh last year and I said, I go, why wasn't that on the album? And he told me, oh, it was. And I was like, uh, okay, it wasn't on the copy that I got. So, so I think some of the stuff that Don remembers is a little uh, hazy, you know. Uh, but I'd love that you put some more stuff. Uh, you did Lost Behind the Wall. You know, that whole album. Aside from maybe a couple songs, is a deep track. You could pick any song, you know, the, the later part of that, uh, you know, so many tears. Uh, it's, all, it's This whole thing is great. Nice songs. I wrestled with possibly doing something from Nike songs. Uh, I, I didn't, but I'm with you on that one. And then No Mercy, freaking awesome. So great list, man. I loved it. Well, so uh, the Poison track, uh, again, to me, that's synonymous with Poison opening their show. And it's always going to be their opener. It may have always been their opener. I don't know if they've ever opened up with a different song. But, you know, nothing is better than, you know, Brett Michaels getting the crowd fired up during that. And then he gets out in the middle and he's just, let it, don't let the cat motherfucking cat drag in. And he just, the crowd goes nuts, man. That's a good moment in the show. Um, love the rat pick, Ian. Uh, funny enough, I a couple months ago, I was down at the uh, Mario Bars Rock and, Root, rock and Roll tat- Tattoo Convention, and there was a little uh, show at the end. Yeah, and uh, uh, Stephen Piercy played with the house band Todd Kearns and Brett Fitz and others, and he opened with Sweet Cheater. So it is a song he's pulling out of his repertoire to do live now. So good one on there. Um, and listen, I'm a big Cinderella fan. Night Song's great track. It's different. It doesn't really feel like a hair track. It's got that Arabic kind of guitar. And White Lion, Ian, there were two songs on my list, and I had to pick one for my episode, and I picked one, and you picked the other. So right there, brother, Hungry's a great track. That was another one. It was classic White Lion, great riff. It opened their shows that year on 89, you know, when they were out there with uh, Ozzy and Vixen on that summer tour in June. Just great, great stuff, buddy. Yeah, Ian, that was, uh, you know, it's like Groundhog's Day. You're pretty consistent on your takes, and I enjoyed your list. Good work. Listen, uh, we're going to take a quick break, but if you like what we're doing here, go up to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. That kind of stuff helps. And remember, get up to our website, MetalMayhemROC.com, and sign up for our newsletter and join our community. When we come back, I will be given my list, and our guest, Metal Mike, from Glen Metalcast, he's going to give us his list. We'll be right back. Metal Mayhem ROC. Hey, metal. I'm Metalhead. Metal Mayhem ROC is the home for metal from the very beginnings. This is James Bear from Hellstar. You're listening to Burnomatic. Dave Overkill from the Cleveland band Destructor. Hey, Dave, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's a long time headliner. Hey, this is Red Beach from White Snake. Hey, this is Vinny Apathy from VO, Black Sabbath, and Last in Line. To music of today. Hi, this is Olaf Wickstrom from Enforcer. Hi, this is Brian from Mastodon. You're listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. 
with John the Vernomatic Verna. Plus, we talk with producers and authors to give you behind-the-scenes info. Hi, this is William Irwin, author of The Meaning of Metallica, Ride the Lyrics. Greg Renoff, the author of the book Van Halen Rising. And the uh, Ted Templeman book, A Platinum Producer's Life in Music. Pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Metal Mayhem ROC. A proud member of the Pantheon podcast team. Giving you more to listen for. Join our community. And always remember to keep it heavy. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon Podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. My list. Now, okay. I've... I went a lot of different routes on this and we'll start with my honorable mentions and my seventh honorable mention, 1987, I believe uh, rat slip of the tongue from the uh, dancing undercover. My notes on this. I love uh, Stephen Piercy's vocals. He's in a groove there. I love the chorus, loose lips, sink ships, the way you move, you won't miss. It's just like, that's, that's fucking LA sunset strip and Warren Martini. you know, just enough said with that. And Walt, believe it or not, I got the proof right here. My other honorable mention goes back to the permanent vacation album. And there, and I love this album. I saw the tour. 
Uh, they were back jamming, ragdoll, hangman, magic touch, angel dude. But my honorable mention is the song Samaria. And I absolutely love that. I love the beat. The chorus is great. They just stay in that groove. Um, the way Tyler sings the chorus, love it. So now when I went to my top five, sort of like what you did, Ian, I splintered off. And Mike, I'm a hard rock, you know, underground type of, I have more hard metal roots to me. I appreciate the hair metal, but I was a little before then. So what I did was I split it up into like sleaze rock and, you know, different kinds of hair metal. So this is going to really surprise you. But my first entry is my guilty pleasure in this track comes from 1985. It was an MTV imagery band, killer harmonies, almost to the point where it's too much. Um, and these guys were the original God Squad. And I'm talking about Striper. And the song that I'm going to propose today, this is a guilty pleasure, is the sing-along song. This song, <laughs> this song is so over the top. And it's just um, Michael Sweet and those harmonies. And it just, I've, I have a real good friend that got me into Striper and it reminds me of him. So that's a guilty pleasure. My next track, we're going um, under the moniker Sleaze Rock. Now, this is something that is, uh, you could say it's their popular song, but this band was sometimes compared to Guns N' Roses. Their label mates produced their debut album by a well-known producer. The imagery of this band radiates sleaze metal. I'm talking about Junkyard in the song Hollywood. This song is just, it never, never doesn't deliver. Just dig the drums and the guitar. And plus, any great hair metal song needs cowbell. And there's cowbell in there. So Sleaze Rock, they even have the promo pictures. They the one, the one guy has that big, like, fancy um, cowboy hat. Another guy has the chain. So they're sort of like, you know, Sleaze Rock. The next one was... Um, straight ahead hair metal. This band comes from the East coast. The lead singer has some kind of Paul Stanley vibe there. They come from Philly. They have an attitude and you're talking hair metal and that hair went to the ceiling. We're talking about Britney Fox and the track long way to love. Granted, it's probably their most popular song, but it just, again, it just radiates hair metal. And part of my DNA is broadcast radio and when I hear a song like that, I just think, no wonder the song got on the radio, because it's a kick-ass radio song. The chorus just strikes gold. The, like I said, the vocalist only sounds like Paul Stanley. And the solo is just a big hair metal solo. So that, that was the top three. The, my number two pick, um, this gentleman quite possibly may have inadvertently and non-admittedly created hair metal. His band came out of California. They had the look, they had the vibe, unfortunately went on his own. And in 1987, 1988, David Lee Roth released Skyscraper in the track, Just Like Paradise. This song, I know it's the popular one, but from the minute it starts with the keys, you're already in a good mood. And then the tambourine, 
And then the Dave, and it gets right into it. Um, now he's singing, singing about happy stuff, big chorus, corny hooks. Steve Vai's playing a double neck heart guitar. Uh, just absolutely love this song. Was it the best David Lee Roth? No, but it filters and it files under the big hair metal. And my number one pick, this one, I don't think this band's a hair metal band, even though the lead singer had long ass hair. Uh, they came from Jersey. They had an attitude. We're talking about Skid Row. And the song that I went from went with was from the debut. And again, remember, my DNA is radio. And this song, Can't Stand the Heartache, has radio written all over it. You hear that? And just there's an old radio trick that bands used to do. There's two things that uh, bands would do. They either had a cold ending, like just like Paradise, or a fade out. And that's what this song does. And uh, let's see, opening harmonies, they, the guitar is killer. By the 22-second mark, Sebastian's singing. By the 43-second mark, the chorus is there. The breakdown part before the solo is excellent. And it just screams 80s, but it screams balls. So, you know what? I That's my list. Uh, Metal Mike, what's your take? I think it's great stuff, man. I was so happy that you put Striper on. I, I love Striper. Sing along song is great. Striper has, you know, they've had some big hits, but they've had they have some real solid deep tracks, and that's a great one. And as soon as you said Britney Fox, as soon as you said Big Hair and a voice like Paul Stanley, I knew you were talking about Britney Fox. I love Britney Fox. So you, you said the Skid Row is a great pick. All, all everything you had there, David Lee Roth. I love all that stuff, but you really got me Striper and Britney Fox. Well done. <laughs> Well, I'm not going to lie. You threw me for a curveball on this this list. I mean, hey, I appreciate you really almost breaking it into subcategories. Very well done. Very well thought out. And I love the, the delivery and the tease and the anticipation where you didn't tell us the song and the band. You laid it all out for us. And then we're waiting and waiting and waiting. And then, boom, you delivered it. So well done there. Um, the Skid Row, I mean... Just the way that song opens, can't stand the heartache, boom, like just, yeah, you know, um, listen, I, I think your list is cool. I love the deep track from Aerosmith, Junkyard, I'm not a fan about, but respect the choice. Um, and uh, listen, the David Lee Roth, you know, yeah, it's overplayed, but it was Dave. It was the first video, man. He's on the surfboard. He's doing whatever he's doing, you know, climbing up and down that wall on that tour. You know, you know, I mean, it, it's it's still it makes you feel good when you hear it still today. And the rat slip of the lip, you know, I love that, too. Loose lips sink ships, man. That's that's a statement I use on a regular basis just in life, guys. Tell my kids that all the time. Guys, watch what you say. Loose lips sink ships, as Stephen Piercy would say. Ian, over to you. You know, first off, slip of lip is a great song, and it is so perfect for that time period especially the way you described it uh aerosmith i'm not going to elaborate too much on it you know i'm not a huge fan of the primitive vacation album uh but Simariah, i mean it, it it is still a very good catchy song you know and i mean obviously tyler's got you know the sounds great on it when he sings striper i've always had a love for striper I've, i mentioned it uh during money of our our history of metals uh, sing along song. Okay, it's not my top choice by them, but it's still a very catchy, good radio song. You know, I mean, it, it definitely is. Uh, junkyard, love junkyard. 
they were, you know, that you hit it right on the head. They were definitely part of that sleaze rock contingent. You know, they had the look, the just the snarl in the uh, the delivery of their material. Um, and Hollywood is a kick-ass song. It's great. Brittany Fox, another one. I, I long way to Long Way to Love is a fantastic freaking song. The riff, everything about it is great. Um, just good stuff. David Lee Roth. All right. Now here is where I, I, I gotta, I gotta take you to school just like I did with Wald on his list. David Lee Roth is not a hair metal guy. Well, Aerosmith then really shouldn't be on the list either. And we've talked a lot off air about yeah. Kiss, Kiss during that sure. era, right? Kiss, well, oh, Kiss was rock God, and yes. roll. They were never metal, but they looked hair for five years, yeah. four albums, but they weren't hair. I had a Kiss that didn't make the honorable mention. What's what track, John? Just spill it. That's all. Just say the track. Who wants to be lonely? Oh. Not a bad track. Not a bad. It's just track. a great song. Sure. It's, it's a great, great song. Not a bad yeah, track. and I didn't feel that it was hair. So, yeah. uh, all right. Well, you know what, Mike. What do you got, man? You know, yeah. this is going to be Nail far. Right. Well, well, let me just say, I went by the true definition of, in my opinion, what I, what I read online of what a deep track is. So a deep track is not a single, and it tends to be deeper in the album because what they say, and this is, tends to be true on hair model albums, is that they put all the great stuff right at the beginning. At least that's what the, 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 the approach is. And then... You know, some of the other stuff, maybe it's not the greatest stuff, but I tend to gravitate toward that kind of stuff. Okay, so I'm going to start with an album that's having an anniversary this year. There's a lot of hoopla going on with it, uh, and it's the Bon Jovi debut. Because I think, what I think, aside from two songs, Runaway and, and uh, what's the other song that's a single? If you don't know me? Okay. I think the whole album's like a deep track, right? It's a forgotten album. They don't play any of the songs. Now, when I first got into Bon Jovi, it was 1986, uh, Slippery Wet Wet. And, you know, that was Bon Jovi to me. And when I heard Runaway, I kind of just wasn't feeling it. And I stayed away from that album for many years. And then one day I kind of cracked, op- cracked it open and I was like, wow, this is the kick-ass album. And I'm going to go with the track Burning for Love. Uh, I think that's a really catchy tune. It's a fun tune. And there's just so many. I mean, I could pick a bunch of them. Uh, Love Lies, Roulette. I mean, there's just so many cool songs on that album that could be a deep track so that's my that's my honorable my first honorable and my second one you guys did a lot of rap i'm a big fan of reach for the sky a lot of people don't like that album that's another album besides probably the two singles you could say all those songs are deep tracks but i'm gonna go with what's it gonna be that's a really uh another great song i feel like that could have been a, a powerful single and uh just like you said rat Stephen, Percy, and warren i mean it's just it's good shit so yeah those are my two honorables and, and also, I wanted to mention, I, I tried to go with the bigger bands because, like, my whole playlist is a deep track. I got probably got 600 songs that are all deep tracks, rare bands, but I tried to go with some of the bigger bands. All right. So my number five, my first one, I'm going to go with Judgment Day by Whitesnake. And, you know, maybe some people could say Whitesnake is an air, but, you know, for 87 and 89, they were air, man. If <laughs> they look and sound, they were playing the game hard. A lot of people don't like Steve Vai being in the band. I love Steve Vai being in the band, just as the, you guys had mentioned with uh, on the Demon Lee Ross stuff. He just brings a cool element. Did the same thing for White Snake. A lot of people feel that this song is a ripoff of Cashmere. Maybe it is, but I feel like it's kind of like a hair model upgrade of Cashmere. You know what I mean? It's, it's got some good elements. Steve does a, a wonderful job with all the playing on that one, and uh, it's just cool. And I think the thing that I like better about White Snake this song versus cashmere 
is I feel like with cashmere, and, and this is probably people go ape shit, right? Because everybody, a lot of people love Led Zeppelin, and I like them too. But Coverdale's got that more melodic sense. There's a, a repetition of a chorus, and and, and some of the Zeppelin stuff, especially cashmere, just doesn't have that. You know what I mean? It's it's they don't even say cashmere in the song, and for me, sometimes that's just a no no. Okay, all right. So number four, uh, you guys said kiss. Hair bottle, maybe. I say yes. I say in this era, Kiss were, were hair bottle. Uh, I say lick it up to um, Crazy Nights or Hot in the Shade. They were playing the hair bottle game. And uh, the deep track that I'm going to go with, uh, it's an album that a lot of people like, but I think there's a lot of hate on this song, and I don't understand why, is uh, On the Eighth Day. Uh, on the Eighth Day, God created rock and roll, man. Rock and roll is so epic. Metal is so epic. God had to take one extra day, and he had to make metal. Uh, it's a cool track, man. Gene Simmons is on his game. You got Vinnie Vincent in there. Some people think he saved Kiss. I don't think that he did. But uh, that there's elements of this song that were Vinnie's original Boys Are Gonna Rock. So Kiss kind of stole the original Boys Are Gonna Rock and turned it into On the Eighth Day. And then he ultimately had to kind of use different riffs to uh, to supplement the riffs that they took out of that song. So, so, that's, so that's my number four. Number three and, and, and two are going to be, you know, these are typical hair model tracks. So my number four, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Rainmaker by Wara. And uh, Wara, you know, like I said, it's, it's stereotypical hair model. Never been huge, really into the Cherry Pie album. Always thought Dirty Ron, Filthy Sink, and Rich, and Doggy Dog were better albums. But I do think Mr. Rainmaker is one of their best songs. Don't know why it wasn't a single. It's got a pretty heavy riff uh, that goes throughout the verses. And then it's real catchy chorus. Uh, and Janie Lane, excellent singer. Excellent songwriter. All right, my next one. Got to do Poison or the Shirt. Okay. It's probably one. I mean, I, I thought of going with Look with, uh, Look with the Can Dragon. The only reason I did it is because that song's kind of become a staple, right? Like they'll play it live, like you said. Hair Nation will play it. So even though it wasn't a single, it becomes a song that's kind of synonymous with that album. Uh, I'm going with uh, Life Loves a Tragedy from uh, Flesh and Blood. It's it's kind of, flesh and blood is interesting because if you look at the first two Poison albums, there's kind of like an evolution. They're they're getting better as musicians. Maybe lyrically, it's starting to excel a little bit. But I think at this point, you know, there's some depth. When you look at something to believe in, you know, uh, Brat questions a lot of things going on in the world. He questions the death of his friend. Life loves a tragedy is the same kind of way. So I feel like it's 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 hair battle. It's catchy. But there's like some deep uh, sentiments in there, and uh, I kind of I like what I like the maturity and, and the evolution that this band was going through at that point. Number one, this will probably be a head scratcher, um, but there's a, something about this song, and I'll try to explain it why I like it so much. But I'm gonna go with Motley Crue, "Save Our Souls" off of Theater of Pain. Theater of Pain is the first Motley Crue album that I ever bought. It doesn't get any deeper than Save Our Souls. I think it's like, it's, it's like there's only two songs, I think, after that uh, that end off the album. I also like Fight for Your Rights. I think that's an amazing song. But there's something about Save Our Souls, that slow, heavy riff and mixed bluesy playing. Uh, I know Botany Crew doesn't care for Theater of Pain. A lot of people don't care for it. It would have been very easy for me to snag a deep track off of Shout Double or, you know, Dr. Feelgood or something like that. But I'm going to go with. What I first heard, what I first got into, and I'm always going to be down with Save Our Souls. Maybe other people will be like, man, that song sucks. What are you talking about? <laughs> but but that, that, those are my songs, man. Let me know what you think. Mike, I mean, well done, man. I, I, I got to give you credit, man. I felt I went deep and I was a little worried about saying, oh, man, I'm going a little too deep. 
you went deeper than me, man, but well done. I mean, I got some of these songs I have to actually go back and revisit back in time. Mike, let me ask you, go a little deeper on your potential honorable mentions. You know, the, the, you had a, probably have a few more. What did it make your cut? What did it make the honorable oh, mention cut? jeez. You know, I, I mean, <laughs> there's just so many. I mean, I could, you know, Stri Striper was, I was kicking around with Striper. Uh, one song that I really like by Striper, but then I, I I vetoed it because it wasn't deep enough in the album. That, that was my criteria. I was like, this better be like a song I really like that's unknown, that's kind of deep in the album. Uh, but I, I really wanted to go with uh, First Love by uh, Striper on the uh, Soldiers on the Command album. That, that's a great song, man. It's a super good ballad. One of those ones where maybe when I was younger, I didn't grasp it, didn't really care for it. And then I think sometimes music hits you different as you become more mature and you get older. And uh, I think the story's really deep. You know, like like this woman uh, was, was kind of like screwed over by a guy. You know what I mean? I feel like that's how it starts off. And like she's just kind of running away from everything. But if she kind of goes back to her first love, which is God, you know, maybe things can get straightened out. Or at least that's the way I interpret the song. So first love was out there. Uh, I had a Britney Fox one as well that I wanted to put on uh, Angel in My Heart. That's on the Boise E album. So guys, like I said, I can go way, way deep out of the weird albums yeah, that yeah. nobody likes or knows. And so like I said, I tried to keep it with the bigger bands, but man, if you really want to go there, I can start whipping out Heel, Nitro, Shotgun Messiah. I mean, dude, I'm, I'm a nutbag, so yeah, I'll just stop right now. <laughs> Mike, I was waiting for your Heaven's Edge selection. <laughs> oh, it's there. <laughs> Listen, on my original list, when I was spitballing this the other night, I actually had uh, Speed Demon from the first Keel album. Yeah. Because yep. I thought that album was, was great. Um, I also had uh, Black Widow by Rough Cut. Damn which was also going back quite a ways. So, well, we're all holding our own like little NCAA yeah. tournament <laughs> selection shows and you know, sure. they just didn't make the cut, yeah. but um, what the, 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 before we wrap this up, we do want to go around and give each of each other's MVP one choice cut. Well, you start this off. Go around the horn. What are your MVP cuts from each of us? Okay. So I'm going to go reverse order. I'm going to go Mike, Judgment Day from Whitesnake. Um, for you, Verno, I'm going to go with uh, Slip of the Lip from Rat. And for Ian, I'm going to go with White Lion's Hungry. Ian? Right off the bat, Walt, I, I got to go with you. I got to go with the fight to, fight to Survive. I mean, it's just was right on the mark. Um, with Mike, with Mike, definitely going with the Judgment Day, and then with uh, with Verno, you know, I got to go with the Britney Fox man. That <laughs> with love, that's a freaking killer song, man. It is. Yeah. You know, every time it comes on, you can't help but crank the radio and drive fast. So, well, my list, uh, Ian, back at you, sweet cheetah, because uh, a cheater, cheetah. Sure. You know, that, I like that little yep. uh, play on words, uh, Mike. Like I said, Gene Simmons and on the eighth day, it's just a fantastic song. Yeah. It's a great album. And, uh, Walt, uh, I gotta go with space ace calling on you. Mm -hmm. I remember I saw that tour. I remember I had, was that the album where on the flip side, the CD, they had the live songs. No, that was live. Um, that was, was the EP yeah, was live plus live four. Plus one. Yeah. Yeah. No, this was the album. That was the album, the studio album before. 
maybe I had both and I made a cassette and it was the summer of like 87. I was delivering pizzas. I had a boom box in my car and, you know, I, <laughs> I played it a gazillion times, but, um, you know, excellent cuts. And Mike, what are your all-stars? Uh, Did we measure up? Yeah. Burn, I got to go with the sing-along song. Walt got to go left freedom rock. Vinnie Vincent. Ian got to go. I got to go back for the attack, man. Cause the, actually you don't really get any deeper than a B side. Uh, for a 12-inch single from Dawkins. I, I think that's about as deep as it goes, so I got to go back to the attack. <laughs> nice. Nice. I appreciate that. Mm. Well, this was fun. You know, this was, uh, I learned something. And, Mike, we uh, have a half a joke saying, but we mean it. We call it heavy metal homework. And we're going to go in here. We'll do our research, check it out, and we'll send you a report. Mike, tell us a little more about... 80s glam cast how often do episodes come out sure yeah just like i said check out 80s glam battle cast uh probably about, do about two to three episodes a month uh it's out on uh youtube it, and it's out on all the platform uh channels so like you said spotify apple podcast whatever you do uh there, if you go back into the catalog like you said you'll see that i interviewed guys like mike tramp michael kelly smith from britney fox uh, Stephen Percy from Rat, Jeff Tate from Queens, right? So I've talked to all those guys. Uh, nowadays, I do a little more musical destruction, kind of like the way you guys do. Uh, but I'm never opposed to having some of my heroes come on and talk. And the book is a hair metal journey. Obviously, interviewing guys like this for five years, uh, I, I, I caught a lot of information. Obviously, I go pretty deep with this stuff. I go a lot of the underdogs, and I talk to a lot of those bands, like, like uh, Walt Manchin, Heaven's Edge. There's information, interviews with Heaven's Edge in the book, interviews with Brittany Fox, interviews with Michael Sweet from Striper. So they're all in the book. And not only is it their story, but it's my story, like how I got into this stuff, the concerts I went to, record stores, Oatsers I had, and we interweave my story yeah. with the bands. So that's on Amazon, get a digital or hard copy. That's all I got. You know, reading the press release, I was really, besides the, the, the professionals you talked about, um, yeah, you have Steve Blaze from Lillian X, but this one really got me was Dr. Kildrums from oh, Sabotage. Nice. There's a lot of sabotage in the book. So another cool thing is like I know I called it Hair Model Journey. I only did that because I just thought, you know, like I said, we kind of we talked about before. Everybody knows what you're talking about. Well, there's a lot I I really just went with the bands that I grew up on. So Sabotage was a big uh band that I was into. Wasp is in the book. They're not really hair model except is in there, Man of War. So you know what I mean? So like all the shit that I was into is in there. But yeah, I talked to nice. John Oliva. I talked to uh to Dr. Kildrums, really? uh Doc Wackles. I've had Chris Caffrey on. I've had Zach Stevens. Uh I'm a hardcore sabotage guy. So yeah, you guys ever oh. want to talk sabotage? I'm your guy. Listen, <laughs> yes. Mike, it, it's on our detention <laughs> list of bands to pull apart. Ian and I, we want to do a three-part series on the three eras of sabotage. sabotage. Yeah. So Yes. I actually was just in the presence of Jack Frost last week, and nice. I talked to him about doing this episode. He and I were at the Extreme Show together last week, so we were talking, Great. swapping texts and that kind of thing. So, yeah, we had Zach on last year for his Ar Archon Angel album. Good Super stuff. cool guy. Yeah. Super cool yeah. guy. Great guy. Great guy. Well, you've been talking about this forever. Now you got to make it happen. Now Mike's on board. You guys could geek out on uh, Sabotage. There'll be a good one. Talking about geeking out, we got to get out of here. We want to thank our guest tonight, Metal Mike from 80s Glam Metal Cast Podcast. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it on all podcasting platforms. 
So it's our, again, 80s glam metal cast podcast. Thanks for joining us, Mike. And listeners, you got a little bit of some heavy metal homework. One, get up to our website, metalmayhemroc.com, and sign up for the newsletter and join our community. And the other one's a fun one. We have started over on Spotify. Each episode has its own playlist. So all the songs we talked about tonight are going to be in there, plus tons of others, all those honorable mentions and a couple other surprises. So the link for the Metal Mayhem ROC Spotify playlist will be down in the show notes. So check it out. For my co-hosts, Metal Walt and Ian O'Rourke and our special guest, Metal Mike from 80s Glam Metalcast, I'm Divernomatic and we are Metal Mayhem ROC. See you next week, gang. Metal for Life. Thank you for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our website at MetalMayhemROC.com for information on podcasts, archives, links to all our live radio shows, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. And always remember to keep it heavy. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.